What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of What the Funk Podcast. Today we have quite the topic, um, Caffeine Queen, Badge of Honor or Red Flag. <laughs> and I have with me today Mare from Scooby Prep. And um, so just a little bit of background on how I know her. Um, I actually was a client of hers for um, a while back in, it was like 2021. I think like it wasn't very much, it wasn't that long ago. Um, but she is another fitness professional, fitness and health professional. And I really enjoy her as a professional in the space and also enjoyed working with her as a client. She's very empathetic, very knowledgeable. Um, she really helped me when I was struggling with my own hormones and my own journey. Um, and so she's just a wonderful resource and a wonderful human being. So we're very excited to have you here today. Yay. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I definitely love any opportunity to be able to empower other people. And I know you're feeling the same. So this is great. Yeah. So um, we, we see a lot of this glorification of caffeine within fitness, especially within Instagram and like the fitfluencer trends and, and things that even go around, even like on TikTok sometimes. Like I definitely know, and you probably have seen a lot of this too, the, you know, either average everyday gym goer who posts on their story, I'm downing like an energy drink before their workout and then going in for a workout and the, sort of the impact of that. And they're like, getting my caffeine fix in or like dry scooping all the pre-workout and like just chugging back all this. I was like, going to say dry scooping. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to cringe every time I see it. So what is your sort of thought on this like glorification of caffeine and the negative impact that it has, especially on individuals that are new to going to the gym that are looking for valid information online? Yeah. So I think that, you know, for starters, I like to say there's nothing inherently wrong with caffeine. Right. Um, it's as with everything, it's the poisons in the dose, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think there's different conversations when it comes to where we're consuming caffeine from. For example, um, the benefits, you know, pros and cons for coffee versus caffeine mm -hmm. Um versus something like green tea versus a pre-workout, um, just the caffeine content of all of these things are vastly different and it's going to vastly affect everybody very differently, mm -hmm. especially I do work with, um, I would say I believe in more holistic and I mean that as in more natural as well as whole body. So both holes, <laughs> that's probably wrong. That sounded wrong. Anyone who doesn't know me, sorry, there's going to be a lot of dirty jokes. Um, I mean, anyway, fine. Fine. <laughs> um, so I take a really holistic route and I think that it is important though, to make that differentiation uh, between caffeine um, and where it's coming from. So like just for content wise or context wise, most it's so funny so pre-workouts used to have like 100 milligrams but now <laughs> now like pre-workouts are like 300 350 and it's insane that's the thing with pre-workouts is most of them it's not the actual 
like beneficial uh, like things like citrulline or, you know, things that actually will stimulate a pump. Um, it is the caffeine dose that is in, you know, made to be even stronger. And so that's all you're getting. And most of the actual beneficial as far as like performance, they're not really at a quality dose. Like a quality dose of just citrulline should be like six to eight meg or 6,000 to 800 or 8,000 megs, I believe. And most of them don't even contain that. It's just more and more caffeine. And when it comes to caffeine and performance, there is huge benefits to performance. However, there is a diminishing return, um, meaning that if we are too stimulated with our nervous system, our performance could actually be affected negatively. Um, here again, with too much caffeine, it will also act as like a vasoconstrictor. Well, that's the last thing you want a yes. lot of when you're trying to get, you know, increased blood flow. Do you want some? Yes, you can. Um, and so those are kind of just getting into like the nuances of it. Um, but then also when it comes to caffeine from say coffee, um, and here again, there's levels to that conversation, but right. coffee is actually very beneficial. Um, is it necessarily the caffeine in coffee? Well, I just got done saying there is benefits to mm -hmm. having some caffeine, um, but it's the you know antioxidants properties, understanding that you're getting a quality coffee that's not you know filled with mold. Um, and is organic, things like that. So you can, I'll let other people dive into that rabbit hole. Um, so coffee can also be really helpful when it comes to the liver, when it comes to the gallbladder. Um, that being said, again, it comes into the dose um, of actual caffeine that we are consuming. And for a lot of females um, who may be coming to me with any type of hormonal, I'm just going to say dysfunction, understanding that I think we need to come with um, it's a bit of a misnomer because it's not maybe that there is a dysfunction in their hormones, but their hormones are reacting to a dysfunction that's happening without their external and internal environment yes. because of things. Um, we have to look at caffeine consumption. So if so, a female is like, I'm having breast tenderness or any type of hormonal um, profile that could be just a little bit off, I'm going to say, hey, let's look at our caffeine consumption and let's actually pull that out. Um, and that right there can help somebody, even though we can make the argument that having coffee, not necessarily just caffeine, could also be beneficial in some areas. Right. So I think it's important to understand that, you know, neither of us is, and, and I, I fully agree, it's not necessarily that like caffeine itself is a negative. It can be, again, very beneficial. Um, having some caffeine within the system, you know, can have a lot of benefits, but it's that overconsumption. And I think the just a general lack of awareness of what your caffeine consumption is on a day-to-day -day basis. And also sometimes the timing of that consumption. When am I consuming X, Y, and Z? So, you know, you take a cup of coffee, you know, if you're having just a regular cup of brew coffee, like that alone has like 180 to 200 milligrams of caffeine in it, right? An espresso shot's got like, you know, 80 to 90. And, and that right there is you know, close to what a lot of people really need yeah. in a day, you know, you're done. That, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like, over. You, you met your, you met your match. And I would say 
a lot of people that I talk with because I, I, I take a similar approach. So somebody comes to me, they're struggling with, you know, like heavy fatigue, they're struggling with their sleep patterns, they have other things going on, and I'm looking at their life as a whole. And we talk about, okay, well, where's your caffeine consumption? Where are the sources of caffeine coming from throughout the day? And it, it turns out they're consuming 600 plus milligrams of caffeine daily throughout the day. It's like this consistent dosage as the day goes on. So not only is there just response to the caffeine, something that they're looking for maybe to keep them more awake, to, to give them some more focus, to give them some more energy, they're not getting the response they want from it. So what's the solution? You, you drink more or you add more or you increase the dosage, but your body's not responding the way that it should be. Um, and I think that it's, you know, there's, again, there's levels to us. And I love that you were like, wow, you can really go down like a rabbit hole too, with like coffee and coffee quality. Cause there's, there's a whole, <laughs> like, how many rabbit holes do you want to go? You want to talk about like water filtration here? Because we can like really go. Oh my gosh. That's, I know. Uh, that's not squirrel. We're just in a topic. I know. I know. That's it, it's, it's tough because there really are just so many levels to it. So, um, I think that the first thing, you know, we want to say is, is take an honest look at what your caffeine consumption is throughout the day and where those sources are coming from, but also why do you need them? Why do you feel you need them? Is it truly you're looking for some sort of physiological response to occur from this consumption of caffeine? Or is it out of habit, out of comfort? Like, and I'm sure you you see this too when we're looking at somebody and we are making the recommendation to pull caffeine consumption. It's like, it's like walk the plank. Like, just shoot yeah. me now because I'd rather die than give up my daily Starbucks run. <laughs> yeah, normally, and normally I ask them, you know, um, why or, you know, what is it? And typically it's either, it's one of two things. One, it's um, a soothing habit. And I think mm -hmm. that's important to discuss as well is yes. for some people it's, um, I talked to earlier on another podcast about like rituals and habits and sometimes that maybe is the moment that a lot of people have for themselves is to be having that nice warm beverage that's really soothing to mm -hmm. you know start their day. Some people it's to end their day. And here again, I appreciate that from a coaching perspective and I encourage those moments. But I also have to look at here again, like you mentioned, like what are the symptoms that they're presenting to me? If someone's having anxiety, um, if someone's having trouble with chronic fatigue, if they are, if their sleep quality and quantity is not there, this is where we have to be looking at what they are consuming that could be affecting those things. And understanding that when it comes to like caffeine or anything in our bodies, but you know, as with anything, caffeine is in this realm too, is there is half-lives. And unfortunately, it comes into a conversation where we're not like our neighbor and um, everybody metabolizes everything <laughs> differently. Let's just like, you know, be mad, stomp your feet. So yeah. sorry for you, but it's just the way it is. Everybody metabolizes um, caffeine differently. And like, I think like a general rule, we're just going to throw a general number out there so people can get an idea is saying, uh, half-life's like five to six hours. So that means that if you're consuming your, um, pre-workout or your, you know, was it venti? I, I don't, I don't, sorry. I don't know Starbucks. So like your Ventra, I don't know that big <laughs> like Tetra you're, or something. You're a, you're like venti, uh, brown sugar shake and espresso. Yeah. That's popular. So you have right that at like three o'clock in the afternoon. 
well, technically like the half-life of that, you're going to still be kicking half of that by 9 PM. Yeah. So that means that like midnight, you know, you're still going through that and that is going to affect everybody differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Something else just to kind of bring into that conversation is going to be, we're talking about consumption of caffeine and you mentioned, you know, other places we might be getting caffeine is this comes into that lovely chocolate conversation because yes, there is minuscule levels. Um, everyone can start crying right now. Um, minuscule levels, but when we're talking about the difference between like say dark chocolate and milk chocolate, um, those are going to be different as well, but everyone typically, or not everybody, people like to have that like sweet treat at bed. Well, Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, already on sensory overload and then you start putting in, you know, number one, we can talk about like insulin resistance and all that, but we're putting in even minuscule levels and we're already riding high from what we had at like 6 p.m. going to lift. Right. That could, again, affect that sleep quality and quantity as well as, you know, just that blood sugar regulation, which is going to affect your quality of sleep. And then the next morning, um, you're going to wake up feeling groggy. Now, the other yes. situation is, is where I have clients who are like, I drink coffee at like 9 p.m., full calf, and I sleep like a rock. And it, you might feel that your quality and quantity is fine. However, when it comes to that like really deep, you know, non-rapid eye movement mm-hmm. sleep, there is going to be some repercussions yeah. and there is going to be some effects. And then going back to like that adrenal health, Maybe you're not going to be feeling those effects now, but it kind of always will come to a head at some point. Right. And I think that the it's important to understand that there's ways to work around this. So especially, you know, the thing that I see a lot of and you probably see a lot of is that like when you talk about the adrenal impact is that wired and tired where your sort of circadian rhythms have and circadian stress has been so thrown off kilter by this overconsumption of caffeine, whether intentionally or unintentionally over time impacting. And it just kind of pushes everything to where you wake up. And again, even though you might be getting, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep at night, you're not fully resting. You're sleeping maybe enough quality's not there. And then you're groggy. And then you're in the afternoon and you're starting to get wired either late afternoon before you go to bed. So then you maybe struggle falling asleep. And that's something that people really, really struggle with. And there's other things that impact that too, like just, you know, blue light and like working late and like just overstimulation in the evening time too. I mean, that all, that all plays a role in it, but caffeine is something that you can more or less control your intake. If you're being aware of what you're doing and where you're getting it from and how much you're consuming. So, you know, if you're looking at this going, Oh, I feel like they're talking about me. Like the things that we are, we're t- we are talking about <laughs> you, you actually. Right there, you. <laughs> um, just like take a moment and like Google how much caffeine is in like the things that you're drinking. Look at your pre-workout. Maybe if you're a nighttime workout person, you go for a non-stimulant pre-workout or some just kind of pump product that, you know, those vasodilators, that's going to give you a good workout. It's going to give you some focus. It's going to give you a bit of energy without stuffing your system with more stimulants. Um, and, and then again, impacting sleep. And, you know, there's also the impact of like, if I, if I work out past like seven o'clock at night, I'm not falling asleep until midnight. So, but some people can work out late at night. And again, they're like, fine. They're, they're, this is, their systems can calm down like yeah. in enough time to chill and actually get a good night's sleep. So. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, like you mentioned, as far as timing goes, um, 
that's where some sometimes we can also shoot ourselves in the foot is when a lot of folks will wake up and the first thing that they will grab is you know some sort of caffeinated beverage and that's a surefire way that we can actually start to offset that circadian rhythm that you had mentioned as far as like being wired and tired so that circadian rhythm, I always say like, we are all essentially like messed up house plants. Let's be real. Um, we need to be hydrated. Yes. We need the sun. Um, I believe in all the woo woo things and it's so true, but, um, in the morning, our cortisol that we mentioned should rise with the sun and then we should set with the moon. And what can happen is cortisol is essentially known as like that stress hormone. And so yes. it also will be released with things like adrenaline and things like that. But in the morning, if we are grabbing that cup of whatever, or God help you, if you're starting off with pre-workout um, before you're doing anything else, that actually will have that rise perhaps earlier than it should. And so then what we can see is in the afternoon, yes, your cortisol that we should start to fatigue. So when people are like, Hey, it's 7 PM and I'm tired. And I'm like, well, that's probably a good time to be tired. Like we should be going to bed soon. Yeah. Um, but you can start throwing off that rhythm of your body by over-consuming too much caffeine right out of the start. We get that you know, really, really big spike, and then you're crashing early afternoon. And here again, that's what you had alluded to. Then we start the caffeine consumption again. So yeah. really starting your day off, I suggest for everybody, um, it can be tricky for those people that do train first thing in the morning, but start your day off with water. And I really, really, really suggest if at all possible, trying to wait for consumption of any type of caffeine for like 45 minutes to an hour. Again, everyone's schedule is very different. So this is where it does get a bit nuanced to which if you are that person that's getting up at 3.45, 4 a.m., then they're done that, um, that would be a whole different conversation for you. Yeah, for sure. And, and I definitely, I love that you said about the morning caffeine and that cortisol awakening response because, the in, <clears throat> pardon me, but it, cortisol again, you know, I feel like it gets a bad reputation. It is important. It, it is important. Our mm. bodies have to have a, enough of it in our bodies, but the majority of people struggle from having a little bit too much or having it too elevated and that it's meant to come down. And when you are dumping that caffeine on top of that, I think that it's like over 50% of your daily cortisol is created in that window, that awakening response window. And once you're dump, you're dumping caffeine on top of that, it's, it's supposed to come back down. Like it's supposed to come up, but it, it must come down. And if you're adding stimulants on top of this spike, it's not going to come down to maybe where it, needs to come down to and then you you are again writing like Meredith said that that high of like okay things are not going well and then in the afternoon you start crashing around two three o'clock in the afternoon and that that's pretty common and I again I give the same recommendation if you can wait 45 to 60 minutes after waking to refrain from consuming a caffeinated beverage that's going to be your best bet and and it's a small change it's a small lifestyle adjustment that you could kind of start working on that will probably have big impact on your energy levels and your brain focus. And just if you deal with any brain fog or afternoon fatigue. So, um, that's, I'm so glad that you said that I'm like, yes, validated. (laughs) So you guys, if you've, if you've heard me say this before anywhere, it has been backed up by another professional. I'm not just exactly. it's like mom, you know, as exactly. coaches, you know, we're like mom. We say it all the time, but then a client hears it from somebody else. I'm like, did you know? And you're like, <laughs> yes. I literally just said that to you. Like I literally 
wrote that in a message to you last week. But yep. yes, that sounds great on Instagram. <laughs> it does. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, beyond the impact of that overconsumption of caffeine on our energy levels and our circadian rhythm, those sleep-wake cycles, um, it, it also has a bit of an impact on just our general stress response and our digestive system, which are pretty closely linked. So mm -hmm. um, there's this fun thing, you guys, called the gut-brain axis, and I've talked about it before, and it's where your um, enteric nervous system, which controls your digestive system, impact it crosses with your central nervous system. So your guts and your brains are constantly in communication. And so one impacts the other, and then it sort of goes back and forth, and it has this sort of compounding effect of if your you know, guts are kind of messed up and then you're going to deal with more stress, but if you're constantly dealing with chronic stress, your guts are going to get messed up. And it's this sort of vicious cycle of like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I have no idea. I just know I feel like shit all the time. <laughs> so oh. um, it, when it comes to digestion and caffeine specifically, what are some of the big issues that you see presented, you know, kind of across the board? Well, I think that... For some people, I think that they start to rely on caffeine to as a laxative, mm -hmm. which it can be a great um, tool yep. if we you know need that. Um, I won't get. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of specific things such as like coffee enemas, even though it falls into this category. Right. Um, I won't do that. I'll just say again addictive, um, not recommended. Um, any type of laxative for long-term use. Um, when it comes to, you know, affecting like our gut microbiome, there has been some literature on overconsumption um, that here again, we're affecting things, moving them faster. So mm -hmm. I've seen folks having, you know, chronic diarrhea because of uh, in free, our high caffeine consumption. And so then if we're having these a faster digestive system, we also have to be then looking at nutrient deficiencies um, that can occur. And that's essentially what happens during any type of like chronic diarrhea or something like that. Um, again, there's a different conversation when I mentioned as far as like caffeine versus coffee. And again, right. coffee in limited quantities, because there is benefits to coffee as far as um, liver and gallbladder health. Um, so those are kind of separate. Um, but here again, that stress response, that overconsumption or overstimulation, um, which I don't even know that the conversation could stay as just caffeine as a culprit. And that's where I'm kind of battling here is I see most often when we're getting into the digestive piece, it's not caffeine that is causing the issue. It is overstimulation. And we are also using caffeine as one of those modes of stimulation. Yes. And that's where we have to start diving into those lifestyle pieces. So yeah. it's, I really hesitate to say it's caffeine that's doing it. Um, but it's more so the overconsumption and overstimulation overall exactly. with life. And again, going back to sleep patterns and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that I see with digestion and caffeine specifically and this is again it, it doesn't just exist on its own it's it's in existence alongside something else it's like that existence of caffeine consumption and dealing with like PMS symptoms or period, you know, symptoms on your menstrual cycle. So, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like I, caffeine. Yeah. I'll tell you right you've now, if you're, 
You've like I said in, there, in the beginning, if any female comes to me with any type of like PMS, if she says tender breasts, um, fibrotic breasts, I'm going to suggest to decrease caffeine consumption. There's different, there's different thought processes on that, which is interesting um, depending on, so science goes back and forth. And this is why I, as much as I love science and saying that I'm, you know, I, I do read um, literature, it's always changing. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's a, we don't really know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's this study said this and the study said that, and, you know, use your best judgment. It's kind of like caffeine when it comes right. to pregnancy, you know, there's a study done in the eighties and it was kind of done on, I believe on mice. And it basically gave them like the consumption of like 200 cups of coffee. And so obviously these, you know, little mice or rat babies, there was deformities. And so it kind of just stuck. Um, however, the literature is changing on that, but then here again, there is risks as, as what I mentioned, everybody is different. And then again, the dose obviously matters. Um, so I think it's just important to understand that we are all very different, but if anybody is coming to me with any type of, you know, female hormone, something, I a hundred percent suggest removing caffeine as one of the first things that you're doing along with alcohol. Um, it can really, really be beneficial, especially when it comes to fibrotic breasts and tender breasts and yep. like that. Yeah. Especially to like, I, I think, you know, one thing that I see a lot is women who struggle very heavily with like severe menstrual cramps and they're on their period and they're downing like a 20 ounce or 30 ounce something from Starbucks. And I'm like, Oh honey. Yeah. To it's, dump, it's, dump that down the drain. Cause it's, it's exacerbating what's already going on within your body. So your body, your body's already following its own natural process of we need to contract these muscles in order to shed the uterine lining, whether it's a, a true menstrual cycle, you're off hormonal birth control or you're, experiencing withdrawal bleed because you're on hormonal birth control your your body is expelling that through the process of you know muscle contractions and so you add caffeine which is a stimulant on top of that that's going to further impact not only the maybe the severity of those muscle con, you know contractions and the the pain that you and discomfort you might be experiencing but it's going to also exacerbate any digestive issues that you might be having over that the course of that week um and then you know so that that is one thing too it's like you really gotta cut caffeine back especially if you are experiencing high levels of digestive issues high levels of you know lots of mood swings around your period or you have lots of cramps caffeine just it's gotta go so finding other and and this kind of goes back to now like the coaching side of things so i hope you guys are seeing that there's sort of a balance between like the science and the physiology of how our bodies respond to certain things. And also understanding that like we're humans and we have things that we are attached to behaviors, rituals, things like that of, you know, what are some alternatives? What are some things that you can do to maybe replace some of those habits and rituals that are still just as comforting on, you know, psychologically, but are having less of an impact or supporting whatever's going on with you physiologically. There's a balance between those two. So um, a lot of what times what I suggest is find another hot drink ritual that's going to be lower in caffeine consumption. So you mentioned yeah. too, like tea in the morning. So like, that's something that I do, or, you know, even having like just regular water, drink water and go take a walk before you come back and make your cup of coffee and make your breakfast for the
we all have these morning routines and sometimes just kind of changing them. We find something that actually we feel better doing. And, but before we were so locked into like, this is my drink. This is what I have to do. I, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is the thing. And then just having somebody like a coach, cause that's why we're hired, uh, yep. shake that up and say, Hey, well, let's try a new routine. Let's try a new, you know, drink. You actually might find that you feel better. Um, and I also just made a reference that a lot of people, we have to look at where, you know, what we're actually consuming because a lot of these quote coffee drinks, cause I said coffee, you know, is actually really beneficial. Yeah. Um, they are glorified milkshakes. Um, and you know, something that is beneficial has now been turned to something that's just, you know, just really not awesome for us. And that's where we're consuming liquid calories. We're spiking blood sugar and like all these things. And that could be in itself, maybe it's not the caffeine that's causing you to rise and crash. Right. Maybe it's all the excess crap that's in, in your drink. Yeah. I, and that's where it comes down to, too, is not just looking at what something is for face value, but what is the actual quality of something that I'm putting into my body? Um, especially with like supplementation, it, it there's a... There's a lot of like gray areas because I I get this question a lot. I don't know what I need to look for in this or, you know, somebody comes to me and they're like, well, I'm, I'm drinking this in the morning. Is this okay? And I'm looking at it going, I think you'd just be better off like having some green tea or having some coffee and, and, and doing it that way versus now we're having this, all this stuff that the rest of it, there's maybe a small part that's beneficial, but the rest of it is not stuff that our body's going to utilize. Well, it's like, so this is like a really good thing to think about. Um, two things I'll mention. It's when I have clients that are taking collagen powder, but yet they're not eating single ingredient foods and enough protein. Like it's not a complete protein source. Like it's like, let's have the basics before we start putting, you know, quote the whipped cream on top. Um, those that are relying on uh, greens powders um, or protein powders, but yet we're not actually eating real food. Like these are supplements are meant to supplement already having firm foundations. They are not meant to replace firm foundations. That's called a liquid diet. And let me tell you, drinking collagen powder and greens, if we're wanting to talk a medical food, what's called an elemental diet, that is not the way to go. Like it's not at all. Um, and you can't, again, going a medical liquid diet, which is needed in certain instances, you can't live by that. Um, And here again, when it comes to a lot of these powders, we don't really actually know what we're utilizing when it comes to in the gut. So when it comes to any type of supplementation, I always say, what are we actually doing on a daily basis? Because that is the foundations to you living. We can supplement on top of that, but if we don't have foundations, we have nothing to stand on. Oh, hundred percent. And I always, I always say the same thing too. It's you can have, and and this is again where I feel like, and now we're kind of going off into a whole other tangent of. <laughs> That's okay. This is what makes great podcasts. It is what it is. Um, this the 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 fitfluencer marketing of supplement companies is so rampant and yep. also so unnecessary. Yeah. And so not beneficial to the average everyday person who is wanting to get healthy. So they follow somebody on Instagram and this person is showing them their supplement stack that is 
20 jars deep of this is what I use in a day. And it's like, okay, well, you're not really like, I know you're not because you're just not. And, and second of all, for the average everyday person, getting all of these extra supplements to use on a regular basis, it's like, who's got the money to throw at this on a regular basis when these people that are sponsored by companies, they're likely getting this for free. They're, they're paid to, to sell these products. And, and sometimes they might be good products, but the marketing behind how things get pushed introduces a lot of unnecessary things, including stimulants like caffeine coming from sources that you probably didn't read the ingredient label. Let's be honest, because somebody already said it was good. So you're going to take it one way or the other and, and not actually looking into, is this something I actually need? Or is there a behavioral thing that I need to implement within my life and life choices that will have a more and that will have a better effect long-term than relying on something that comes out of a jar. Yeah. A supplement is meant to supplement. Um, some supplements are needed. Let's be real when it comes to like food quality and things like that. But again, if we don't have the basic habits and foundations and being consistent with those things, I really, um, you know, my recommendation without like knowing him, the listener who's talking or listening to this podcast is get your foundation straight first. Um, that being said, when clients come to me, um, that is a first step that I try to integrate is making sure that we have food quality, food timing, basic foundations underway. And then yes, when we need to supplement on top of that, of course, I make sure that I do make recommendations out of need. And sometimes, you know, those clients do need to take certain supplements long-term. That being said, kind of bringing that conversation back to caffeine, sleep, uh, stimulants, please understand that if you are going through, you know, we've said, you know, as far as like adrenal. So if your adrenal health is of concern to you, um, there is no amount of ashwagandha that you can IV in your body to outdo your lifestyle, um, and outdo your lack of sleep to outdo your lack of stress management. Um, being busy is not a badge of honor. It's typically that you have poor time management and you probably overcommit yourself. Um, and then we start to wonder, you know, why we're not getting tasks done, why we're not focused. So if you feel these tired and wired, um, symptoms, yes, there are supplements out there that can help, but going to one, your caffeine consumption, to the your bedtime routine your bedtime routine meaning uh that you have a bedtime not a just oh right. when my you know i literally collapse on top of my ipad it's time to go to bed um you have a bedtime you have a sanctuary that you go to that you do not work you go there to have sex you go there to sleep that is the bedroom right we're not watching tv in there we're going there we're having sex and we're sleeping vice versa however you want to do it whatever um but that is your sanctuary for rest and recovery and then you have a wake-up routine which i know anyone who knows me it is not with a phone (laughs) because again talking about stimulation as far as like caffeine and just overall stimulation and distraction set those boundaries for yourself to have some time like 
you are allowed to have 30 to 45 minutes. I mean, fuck, if you want more, take it. You're allowed to have 30 to 45 minutes to yourself where you are not DMing people, checking what people done, judging yourself like already at like 5 a.m. Like just, just wait an hour or two before you start all that nonsense. Oh, 100%. My favorite is, I, I, I think, I mean, that, and I think that's my favorite thing is the, you know, beyond the, the sleep environment and the sleep routines, like I'm super big on that, especially like the sleep environment thing, because that's something so simple that, people don't realize they, they, they ignore. And it's like, that is a very easy fix. Get a sleep mask, get some earplugs, get some blackout curtains, get a noise machine, do something to create a health, get a better pillow. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Invest in that bed. Like that is where like everything is happening. Um, it's huge. And then, like I said, it's like that. So I know we wanted to talk about as far as like, you know, supplements and things like that. And I think like, sad as it is yeah. when it comes to pulling caffeine from your life um and looking at stress management all day the supplement for most people that they need is just basic foundations yeah they don't need and they need not an you know another supplement on top of things they right. need to go back to the basics a supplement with a thing called sleep with water those things and i know it sounds woo woo and it sounds very unsexy but I guarantee you, when we go back to just basic human skills, we tend to feel so much better. I mean, look yeah. at people that go on vacation. When you go on vacation, how many people are grabbing cups and cups of coffee right. to keep up? They're not. Exactly. They're not. You're probably having coffee like in the morning. Maybe you're having like a fun something like later on. But like when you're on holiday, are you literally looking for like your next fix? No, right. you're like so chill. <laughs> so it's like, we almost need to bring a little bit of vacation back. And especially in that morning, like you said, stop picking your damn phone up the second you wake up and opening up your email, your Instagram, your text messages. I'm sorry, but people have waited eight hours to talk to you. They can wait another hour or two for you to respond to those things. If and it's I'm an emergency, like, call 911. Exactly. That's what I tell people. Exactly. It's like, I've got like all of two people that can get through to my phone when it's in sleep mode. And it's like yeah. my mom and my brother. And like, yeah, that, like that is it. Because in that yeah. situation, I know if they're calling me, first of all, it's an emergency. Yeah. It is going down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to talk to you. Like you can, I will deal with you later. And, and especially if you're, you know, gosh, you guys don't be such a slave to your job or your employer that the second you wake up, the first thing that you think about is work. It's not, it's not worth it. Even if you're, and I have a lot of business owners that I work with too, and I'm a business owner. I know that my clients they can wait until I've like woken up for the day for me to message them back. And, and I serve them better that way. You're going to be more productive in your personal relationships and your professional relationships. If you're not getting into a reactive state, the second that you wake up. And so, oh my gosh, that's a big game changer. hundred percent. Could yeah. not agree more. Could yeah. not agree more. Yeah. So I think we covered quite a bit, you guys. So yeah. lifestyle shifts, things that you can do, finding new rituals, finding new habits, things to support if you feel like you're falling into this like rabbit hole of, I constantly need a drink of coffee, of energy drink, of pre-workout to sort of get through the day. Um, there's other options that are going to be better for your health in the long term and, and keep you 
frankly, and keep you working out in the gym, feeling good, improving your just overall life quality, including energy, you know, sex drive, focus. If you start managing your energy and the amount of stimulants that you're intaking throughout the day. And that's yep. kind of the point that I wanted to get across today. So I'm really I glad think Mara was here. I think it's an excellent point. I think it's an excellent point. I think that like we are an overly stimulated and distracted society. And I think that honestly, grabbing caffeine is just one more addition to that. And normally the move is just go to bed. If you are tired and it, this is a daily chronic thing, we have to look at like, why is that? And take a second to start looking at that now, as opposed to when we are in a quote burnout situation, because yeah. let me tell you, climbing out of that is no fun deal and not a short-term thing either. No, you guys, it can take, it, it's, don't start making the change as a reaction, start making the change as a proactive step, because, you know, it is not easy coming out of being overstimulated to that degree, like for any reason at all. Um, it, it's hard on your body and it's hard on your system and, and fixing the problem is much more difficult than not creating a problem to begin with. Yeah. And we're all human. And just, I think that needs to be said is that we are all human. Um, you know, both of us are very much so. And I think that it just comes down to doing an audit of ourselves. Um, and sometimes we, I mean, I always have to put myself in check um, regardless of the situation and say, okay, wait a second, you know, am I starting to walk down this path that I, I would not be proud of? And if I am, then that's my kind of coming to Jesus moment. And I'm like, okay, Mayor, we got to like recheck yourself um, before you wreck yourself, um, literally. Um, and I think that that's really important is not to judge yourself or others because um, we never know until we walk into somebody's shoes. Um, and I've definitely heard a lot of, you know, clients coming to me burned out and they, you know, rightly so hearing their stories, like, holy shit, I hear their stories and I'm like, uh, no wonder you've been grabbing caffeine chronically because you're working two jobs and you have four kids and you have like, you have to get the things done. And so I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to judge yourself um, too harshly. That being said, let's not look for excuses to continue that path. Yep. This is an opportunity, you know, to work with, you know, uh, a coach and say, Hey, listen, um, how can we start making, like we were saying earlier, small changes that will benefit my health over the long term? And that doesn't necessarily mean pulling all caffeine. It might for a little bit, um, but maybe looking at the dose. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. I think we, I think we about, I think we about did it. So um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. You guys, thank you, Mayor, so much for being with us today um, and sharing your insight and wisdom. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. So, all right, you guys, that is it for today on What the Funk. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the What the Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time.